Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and somebody who I'm sure is cooking all of the food for Super Bowl Sunday. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? I'm doing great, and I hate to break the news to you, brother, but I will not be in the country. I will be in Cabo San Lucas celebrating my 25th anniversary on Super Bowl Sunday. So 25th anniversary on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it's kind of like the as long as the Cowboys have been in the Super Bowl, but uh, a lot of things in common there. So I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a lot of cervezas, uh, (laughs) a lot of a lot of bad food, but a lot of good time. So I'm looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday in Cabo San Lucas. I don't want to say that you cursed them by getting married, but the math does kind of check out there. One of our uh, our writers at the site, his birthday, the day he was born, rather, is actually the day that the Cowboys won Super Bowl 30. Their last Super like literally the last day they won a Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, if, if a sacrifice is ever necessary, I mean, again, just just look. So at I, I, I guess we can just honestly say and accurately say I'm probably the oldest person contributor on blogging the boys and especially obviously the 750, but it's, um, uh, it's good and bad. You know, some of us have old <laughs> souls. You know what I mean? We'll just we'll put it that way. Uh, but uh, well, if, if we're going to go by souls, I'm probably my wife says I'm pretty immature. So that's you're, you're exactly right about that. Young at heart. Right. Uh, Exactly. So today, Tony and I are going to talk uh, Super Bowl memories for him. Obviously, not for me. Um, but before we do, have uh, some some tiny Dallas Cowboys tending to get to Tony. Again, a unique show, obviously seven five zero, and that we can talk about your experience with the Super Bowl. Uh, before we get to the Cowboys thing, I do have one question because it is that time of year. What is your favorite Winter Olympic event, and why? Ski jumping, probably. Okay. Uh, the giant slalom. I like that. Okay. Uh, uh, that the mountain has been treacherous. Just, I just look at after it's, they said there's been 81 runs and there's been 31 mishaps that 31 athletes have not finished because of course it's been treacherous as I see and everything. And I just can't fathom going 90 miles an hour straight downhill. Uh, when you can see the parking lot, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, a ski resort when then you go to the very top and all you can see is straight down. Um, probably curling. Uh, that's mine i mean i'm a simpleton so yeah i'm with yeah that's kind of a beer it's kind of a beer drinking game to watch and i can kind of relate to that although it's a lot harder than it it, it's it's a lot harder than it looks right so um probably those things i do like figure skating i'm going to tell you that right now i like that uh but i would say ski jumping to me to see someone fly and up in the air and, and and just land like that. I just think that that's just crazy and athletic and everything that goes along with that. But they're just great athletes. And I will say this: the uh, the moguls is pretty interesting. The way they just cut through all the moguls and make it look easy. Right. Uh, snowboarding. I know that yeah, I've listed about ten things, but uh, man, I just like it all. RJ. I will say, and I know this is a weird take. I like events in the olympics i've come around i used to really you know be dismissive towards the whole thing but i like events and and this is really only a problem when it comes to the summer games not the winter games but that are not something i would watch normally you know like during the summer games i like to watch the swimming um the the track things because Mm -hmm. i i don't watch those types of sports all the time like you know even basketball soccer in the olympics like i watch those all the time like i don't need more of that and so when it comes to winter 
sure, hockey's cool, win a gold medal, you know, go USA. But you know, I like all the things you said because they're they're new. I I want to I want to see something that I've never seen before, and that's kind of what the Olympics um offers. Um, so okay, good chat there. Good good. I answer. will tell you, there's one thing that's really crazy. Okay, it's called the the skeleton, where it's just them going face down on. It's not the luge, but it's uh. It's basically like uh, if you're you got a sled, you had a sled. I mean, in Texas, you really don't have sleds. But I'm thinking if you're in the Northeast and you have you have a sled, and it's one of those wooden ones. Those guys, men and women, face down, going 100 miles an hour down these. Oh, you're the saying like, like, runs. like they're uh, yeah. like they're boogie yeah. boarding on the sled. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. it's like the luge. It's like they lean back and it's and they're just hauling ass. And I'm yeah. thinking, oh my gosh, I mean that is crazy, but. I just admire those, those, those athletes. Amazing. You know, and that's why I watch it to support them. The political aspect is one thing sure. uh, that it represents for men. It's all, we're all about supporting. Exactly. Okay. So Cowboys time did Super Bowl time. I also forgot to say, uh, when I said we were going to do today, Tony, this, I did not put on the rundown that I sent you, uh, because it is the celebration of your Super Bowl mem- uh, memories. Uh, we're going to bring back an old favorite Tony's trivia time. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about, uh, specifically Super Bowl 27, because that that was the L.A. one, obviously, in L.A. on Sunday. And, and, and if I get them right, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't R.J. Ochoa going to give away Super Bowl tickets? If you um, get them right, <laughs> I will give them away uh, in um, in theory. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely going to make sure I, I, I don't get it right, and there's a pretty good chance I don't anyway. Sure. So, okay. we'll, we'll so go ahead. Right. I, I, can't, I always look forward to that. So the uh, the Cowboys thing uh, we're going to discuss, and I did write about this. Everyone can check it out at blogontheboys.com. Tony, all head coaching vacancies have now been filled. There, there are no more head coaching positions open on Monday. Dennis Allen and uh, Lovey Smith were named to the New Orleans Saints and Houston Texans as far as their head coaches. And so none of the new head coaches are Kellen Moore. None of the new head coaches are Dan Quinn. In the middle of the Cowboys season, when we were flying high, we were like the ski jumpers, you know, coming off the ramp and we were on top of the world. Everybody was thinking, surely, surely, not surely the name, surely, S-U-R-E-L-Y, surely the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose at least one coordinator. They might even lose both. You know, we were sitting here having these conversations like how's Dan Qu- or how's Mike McCarthy going to replace Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore? This is going to be an enormous undertaking. And yet here we stand here. We sit rather Tony Casillas. And neither of them got head coaching jobs. Now, I do think that the narrative is a little bit different for each of them. I think people look at Dan Quinn and say he, he took his hat out of the ring. He didn't want to be a head coach. He didn't like the teams that were available to him. So he said, you know what? I'm good. I'll pass. I'll wait for next year. Kellen Moore now has gone two off seasons in a row where he has interviewed for head coaching jobs. He's got a, a lot on the, the resume of experience, if you will, and hasn't seemingly gotten the offer. And it's no longer a matter of, you know, Kellen, Kellen fits one archetype. You know, he's the young, up-and-coming, you know, genius wonderkind. Uh, it's not like he lost out to, say, Doug Peterson, who, who is a different archetype. You know, the Super Bowl winner, the older coach, guy who's been there and done that. He lost out to another wonderkind. He lost out to Mike McDaniel, who's granted a little bit older, but a young offensive coordinator at the San Francisco 49ers who had their way with the Cowboys. No, you know, no incidentally there. But, um, but so, you know, Kellen's kind of yesterday's news it seems like in the nfl so how shocked are you that both kellen moore and dan quinn are back uh i'm not really shocked considering i kind of saw the way this went down i think if you look at dan quinn he's obviously he's been a head coach he's a tremendous defensive coordinator the sex he had last year is is just a lot of proof of that um 
But I think when you look at some of the coaches that were hired, they were all most of them were offensive coordinators besides Matt Eberflus. Great they coach. Yeah, tremendous coach, and I'm just so happy for him. Um, and then you look at the other jobs. I don't – I think that I, we, we thought he would be a hot commodity because of what he did his first year in Dallas as a defensive coordinator, granted that. But when you kind of start watching it, I think these these teams, they're looking for offensive minds. And I, I was I, – I don't know if it, it was uh, the right fit for him and – and and I think if you look at the generation of the coaches, younger, going with youth right. and offensive minds, it doesn't surprise me. It sure didn't surprise me, Kellen Moore. I didn't think that he was ready to be a con- of offense a, a head coach now. And I think, uh, and I don't know what happened in interviews, but there's just something about him that maybe he's will will take a pass right now. Um, and it it worked out pretty well for Kellen. He's going to be fine. He uh, you know continues to. You know this the, the trend, and he'll have his opportunity to be a head coach. But uh, I, I'm not I'm not overly surprised, RJ. I, I'm really not that they're both back. You know, I do find it interesting, and and some people will will throw up you know different theories and and whatnot mm-hmm. for this. But I do find it interesting. Like you look at last year's Super Bowl teams as an example, because mm-hmm. you would think you you would think that the general sense would be okay. We need a new head coach. Let's look at the teams in the Super Bowl. Let's get one of their guys because they know what they're doing, right? Like, just like if you knew nothing about football, that would be a thought that entered your mind. And so you look at last year's Super Bowl teams and there's no new head coach from the Kansas City Chiefs or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Both Steve Spagnuolo and Eric Bieniemy returned to the Chiefs last season and Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles returned to the Buccaneers this past season. And so that doesn't happen. So, like, I always find that interesting how generally even the Super Bowl teams don't have their head coaching staffs poached. Now, to that point, though, uh, the Los Angeles Rams are losing their offensive coordinator this year, Kevin O'Connell, mm-hmm. heading up to the Minnesota Vikings. So there, that does you know kind of break the the trend there. But I I don't know. I mean I I just I, I have to believe, and I'm sure you would agree that that the way the Cowboys' offense fizzled didn't really help Kellen's case. You know, and and I don't know that he really maybe interviewed well when when being at because like how do you answer that? How do you how do you answer? Hey, Kellen, your offense, you know, looked like poop, you know, <laughs> over the second half of the season. How do you how do you make it not look like poop from now on? Like, what what can Kellen say? Like, we're going to try harder. We're going to be better. Like, I, I mean, if, if Kellen joined the 750 right now, I don't think there's anything he could say that could could make me feel better. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any answer that he can give to that. You know, like I'm a new father. But you tell me, actually, this this has never happened to you, Tony. OK, I'm going to make up a hypothetical, but I know this has never happened to you. So if anybody, you know, your kids that are older you know, maybe high school age, college age, they've made a mistake, right? They've done something, you know, that's disappointing to you. It's frustrating. And you have to, you have to, you have to fix it. And and you're talking to them and you, there's just nothing they can say, right? There's, there's nothing they can say that's going to calm you down and, and, you know, fix how upset you are. You just have to start fixing the mess. Um, that's what I think Kellen Morris, like he, he crashed the car, you know, Kel- Kellen Moore risky business, this situation took the car out and crashed the car. And now, like, okay, you're sorry, but that does that the fact that you're sorry doesn't make the car fixed. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about him right now. And you're telling me that's never happened to me and my father would the, I my, know that they, I know your children are angels, and that would never happen. Oh my you, gosh. Tony. The time that my son was 10 years old, and I just bought one of these big flat screen TVs, and those probably 10 years ago where they're more expensive. Oh no! It gets a wee, it gets a wee game, and the bowling, and, and you know, you got the little handle on that you use. It's interactive with the screen. Oh no! And I come home, I come home, and it's quiet in my house. And I just got, <laughs> it's up in my man cave. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna watch TV. 
It, it, maybe the master's on. I don't know. It was silence at my house, RJ. No one was talking. I'm like, where's everybody at? And my wife's like, just kind of, <laughs> oh, they're, they're here. I'm like, what's wrong? So I go upstairs and I look at my flat screen TV I just bought that week with my uh, hard ass money. Don't, don't tell Shatter. me. Shatter. Oh, no. And so my son, Jet, in, in Tampa, no one's, everyone disappeared. Everyone's home. I couldn't find anyone. Jet comes out and he threw the dance. I, I don't know what happened this day. I still call him out, but he's all I know is he owes me four thousand dollars. So I he pretty much I had to clean the mess up, or I was going to clean him up. So to answer your question, I get it. Yeah, man, that, that, I tell you like, what, I got I got so many stories and it pertains to that man. But that's what I'm saying. Like you, you still that day you were pissed off. You wanted to watch the Masters. If it was ten years ago, 2010, you know, you know, a little a little bit, you know, not exactly a great Masters, but actually 2011 was. Carl Schwartzel care about the masses, RJ. I care about how Whatever. much I paid for it. The, the point is, the point is, because you're right. The point is, <laughs> yeah, because that he day, probably he probably got pissed off because he he was bowling and he didn't he, he didn't beat his his, his I've been there. big brother. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, anyway. so but in the moment you were pissed, but you didn't yeah. you didn't love your son any less. You know, you were but you were pissed, and he he came to you and said, "Dad, I'm sorry." Oh whatever. no, that day, that day, I, I wasn't liking him very much, bro. <laughs> but so he comes unconditionally, unconditionally, right, right. But he says, "Dad, I'm sorry," and and you of course because you're the you're his dad. You say, yeah. "You know what, son? I forgive you. It's okay. You know, right. I'm out four G's now, but it's it's all good." That's my point with Kellen. Kellen, in this case, is is your son who's broken the TV, mm -hmm. and so he can he can come up and apologize all he wants, and and or talk to the Dolphins and explain whatever. But there's nothing he can do to make to, to fix the TV. You know what I mean? There, there's nothing, and so I do think that that negatively skewed at the perception around Kellen Moore as far as his his potential to be a head coach this offseason. I, I think so. I think that you got to look at what he did last year and kind of the demise and decline in the offense of the second half of the season. And really, I think that a, a really good, strong mind and leader and offensive coordinator is like, I'm going to take the reins. I'm going to take the reins and I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do with it. That's what McCarthy should do, to be honest. Well, whoever it is. So we'll blame it on Mike. Or, but we want to, we're anointing. Keller Moore is one of the, the best deep offensive minds in the NFL. And there's certain there's the first half of the season. That's kind of happens in the NFL. It's kind of whatever sexy at that moment. And that sexiness wore off at the very end. And I think, I don't know, I, I, there were so many jobs out there too, RJ. And you're thinking nine, if you're going yeah. to, if you're going to get a job, it seems like every year we'll go back, but there's, there's kind of this recycling of jobs in a national football league. And, I don't know this. I think there was one year. It may seem like there was like 10 seems like half third of the teams in the national football league were recycling. But um, I, I just don't, as you mentioned, I, I think again, it's how you interview and it's how you sell yourself. And I think at the end of the day, they just felt like, well, we're going to pass this time. Maybe, maybe next time. I just think as, as we wrap up the discussion here, I, I mean, Dan Quinn is, is one thing. Cause you mentioned it. Like it's, it's, it's generally, if you're going to get a head coach, you got to get an offensive driven coach, whatever, whether it's a young guy or, or an older guy. And like even Matt Eberflus, <clears throat> who were both excited to be CB head coach, it took a long time. You know, there was a mm -hmm. lot of knocking at the door before he finally got his opportunity. It wasn't just like, hey, boom, you know, now you're, you're a head coach or whatever. It's taken a very, very long time. But Kellen, in, in a different way from Dan Quinn completely like like if again, if an alien landed here and had a month to learn about the NFL, they, they would look at everything and, and say, OK, if I need a head coach, I want a young, 
hot shot up and coming offensive mind. Look at the Super Bowl. You have two mm-hmm. dudes under 40 in, in Sean McVay and Zach Taylor who are young, offensive driven, offensive minded coaches. You look at Kevin O'Connell gets a job again. Mike McDaniel gets a job. So Kellen Moore is in that club. You know, he, he doesn't you know, he doesn't have the the, the same sort of, you know, uh, vibe of Kyle Shanahan, but he is in that, you know, he's much closer to that end of the spectrum than to the Dan Quinn end of the spectrum. So, I mean, to your point, if it, if it's not going to be now, you know, it, when, when all the rage is these young hotshot offensive coordinators, I mean, when is it going to be? So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see, but, but Kelly Moore is back for, for your number four. So I guess you're not surprised. I guess if, if 10 was the biggest amount of surprise, you were like a one then. Cause you said you really weren't surprised at all. Well, at first I'm thinking I'm like everyone else. I think Dan Quinn's going to get every equal and opportunity to, to, to have a head coaching job. And then this blind for situation popped up and that's, you know, that's another, another situation, but, uh, I, again, I just felt like the, the trend to go out and find an offensive mind, nothing against what Dan Quinn has done. I mean, he can go out and hire a great offensive coordinator um, because I think the defense, you've got to be able to fix it and be really productive, and then the offense kind of comes along. But I think uh, I think it's a win-win situation for the Cowboys. They get a, one of their best – and I don't know what Jerry, maybe he, you know, he, he kind of sweetened the deal with him coming back and – you know, this whole thing, I'm not sure, not the, the best vote of confidence in Mike McCarthy, but I don't think Mike really cares at this point. He's making $5 million a year, and he's got a chance. He's got he's, – it's a unique situation. So, I think I think it's a one-win situation for the Cowboys. They get their offensive coordinator back, and they get their defensive coordinator back. And, again, expectations are going to fall next year, and there's really no excuses when it comes to play calling on both sides of the ball, hopefully. Guess we'll see. Um... Big asterisk there. Sure. Um, okay. So it is the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. You have been fortunate enough to win two Super Bowls, but for the purposes of this conversation, we'll look at the first one. Cause again, that's the one that took place in Los Angeles. That's where the well, Super Bowl is on Sunday. Ago. Let me, let me just try to get my cognitive hat on and just let me clear my mind. Okay. RJ. Um, okay. So what do you remember about the week? That's everyone's here. I want to hear your memories. What do you what, what do you remember about the week? I mean, maybe your hotel room who your roommate was like, we'll, we'll get to the game in a minute. But the week, because the, the week is different. The week is crazy. Like the, the week is the Super Bowl and you were in Hollywood. I mean, so what do you remember about the week? Uh, obviously, when we got there, it was just so unique because everything is just in granted. This is 20 something years ago. Everything is so grand. It's on this grand scheme of thing, and it's just uh, it, it's 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 this big platform when you get there. It, when I say platform, I think it's just the scale is huge when it, you get to the venue. And I think the week that when we had Tuesday is when we had Media Week, where every there's every freaking media outlet everywhere. You've been to Super Bowl, and it's anything's the question they ask you. Uh, is is kind of not it's not related to football, yeah. but I mean that's just part of it. And the media ratio is, seems like it's twenty to one every player. And so I remember uh, individually is that when we went to media day. I was fortunate enough that I had my own podium with my name on. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm a big star. Yeah, big, here I am, big baller, big big dude, big 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 man, big man on uh, in in L A. and and so. We had all these media people, and there was this MTV jock DJ. Her name was Downtown Julie Brown, and she was back in the day. You'll have to Google her, but uh, that's when MTV started, and that's how long it's gone. But she was British, 
And she's asking me these questions about, hey, and she's asking me, hey, so are you a soccer fan? And, and I, Soccer? And I, you mean football? Damn, football, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Football, <laughs> real football. And I'm like, would you, is it, pardon me? And, and, and she was pretty easy on the eyes. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. And it, and it was at Dodger Stadium. They had it set up at Dodger Stadium in L.A. And I'm thinking, man, this is pretty cool. Media day. 20 to one, uh, these media people asking us questions. And then it, we're in the left field of Dodger, Dodger Stadium. And that was pretty cool. Uh, the second thing I will tell you this is something we did. Russell and Marilyn and I did. Sports Illustrated reached out to us and said, hey, look, we want to follow you guys while you're in L.A. And nice. I said, that'd be great. So they did this like little spread in the Sports Illustrated. And it was Russell and I. So we went to Pink's, which is this real famous uh hot dog place where all these Hollywood stars go. And then we went up to where, you know, Hills of Hollywood would have Hollywood sign. And then we went to uh, Alice Cooper's house. And then we went and we topped it off. We went to the, the Playboy Mansion and Hugh Hefner. So it was, it was me and my boy, Russell Mann. We're around town in a limo. We're big time. We're Hollywood stars. We're out there, man, hanging out in the Roxbury. I mean, we're it, and I, there was so much going on back then. There was a place called the Viper Room, which is what this place where all the stars went up on Sunset Boulevard. So, anyways, we go we go into the mansion, and this was this was this was kind of an era when, uh, unfortunately, AIDS pe- uh, epidemic uh, was was kind of, was going through uh, you know the society. And so, before we got there, you know the the Hugh Hefner would have all these parties, have all these Playboy bunnies and everything, just celebrities. We get there and this is we go into the mansion and we go out outside where his pool area is in this terrace, and he's got all these caves and he's got all these exotic animals and it's just Russell and I and we get two of these playmates showing us around and we're thinking man get two of them two for young and uh, and so it was totally it, it was totally just uh, just where we're at and we're walking through these caves and we're talking and we're like man I've seen this on in the the Playboy magazine and. I've seen, you know, these show these different areas of the of the pool and, and not whatnot. And so and so Hugh. Uh, so I, I think it was assistant came out and said, yeah, Hugh wants to talk to you. He wants to meet you. So he's, he's playing. Um, he's playing cards right now. So I was all right. So Hugh Hefner, he comes out and Russell and I were sitting there and it's with, with these two playmates. Uh, and they're just kind of there are showing us around. And he walks out. Hey, fellas, what's up? And he's got a satin PJs on. And he's got a little toddy. He got I don't know what he's drinking. Uh, I think it was rum and coke or something. And he had his glasses on. I said, "Hey, what's up, guys?" I had a pipe, and I'm like, "This is Hugh freaking Hefner. Looks just like out of the play, you know, out of the out of the Playboy magazine." Sure. He goes, "Ah, oh, you know, you make yourself at home. Your girls, you know, show Russ, show these guys around, take care of them." He goes, I, "I I regret that I had to get back to my get back to my card game." And so we were able to experience that, and then that was pretty cool. And then. You know, there's so many aspects of it, but I, I think the the hotel we stayed at was on it was uh it was on Venice Beach. It was the Lowe's the hotel, and I swear to God, the hotel lobby was crazy. But you go down into the bar, and there was all these celebrities, and they just wanted to be around the Cowboys because the Cowboys were the Hollywood. I mean, we were the stars, and that's kind of the place that would, the narrative was. So that's where we belonged, and right, we had all the personalities and everything. But every star that you could imagine was there uh, in in the in the in the lobby, um, and it was just a it was just kind of a surreal place to be. And 
And I think that's the thing about the Super Bowl. I tell everyone, these, you know, it doesn't matter what area you play in, RJ. As a fan, as a player, you have to just absorb it, enjoy it, because it just goes by so damn fast. But that was L.A. When I talk about L.A., L.A. in, in the Rose Bowl in itself, there is no place like the Rose Bowl. Um, Anybody has not ever been there. But the way they, the way they uplift the venue. Yeah, they transform it. it. And, and they massage it and they you know, they put fashion on it. It's like dressing up and you know everybody dressing up and putting your best te- your your tuxedo on and your and your you know your Oscars dress or whatever it may be, whatever special event. And that's kind of what they do to the venue. And those are the things you never forget. And and, and my last my last the thing I remember is that we went to the Roxbury was this place on uh, Sunset Boulevard. And the Bills players are there. And I don't know what happened, but someone said something the other one. I think we were giving them a hard time because they had lost two prior Super Bowls, right? Um, and we're just giving them a hard time. I said, well, this is going to be your – this is going to be a third one. And all of a sudden, it was like, we're going getting a little chippy. So all I remember is uh, I think – I don't know if – it may have been Magic Johnson. I don't know who was there. But Magic Johnson's bodyguard had to separate us from – the other the Bills players in this Roxbury and and we had a good time man but uh there were there were so many things that 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 happened that week that it's I could sit here and just go on and on and tell you the ins and outs of the stories well I think every story you told speaks to the the times uh which I know you like to joke about but um I mean the fact that you went out and you, like I actually the fact that you said you went and had, did you eat a hot dog at Pink's oh yeah Pink's is amazing okay but so it, like like my point, do you think any player on either the Bengals or Rams is eating a hot dog this week? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, t- t- like things have changed so much. Like you ate hot dogs, you bounced around, you're, you're, you went out at night, you know, like you, you saw the other team, you know, out and about at night. Like it, it's, you know, it's, it's a different era of time, you know, now, now, I mean, in our current moment, things are a little bit different, obviously, uh, as we still navigate, you know, the, the pandemic, but I mean, even two years ago, prior to COVID landing, I mean, it was it was just it was so I mean, obviously, everything was regimented and scheduled for you, but it was it was so structured in that, like, okay, bed check, you got to get in, whatever, like nobody's leaving anywhere. You you aren't going out. You aren't gallivanting. You aren't you aren't going to, to this or that or whatever. The fact that you were in L.A. obviously exas you know, if the Super Bowl had been in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, you know, like, like you wouldn't have yeah. been, you know, doing the same things. Um, so that's very cool. Um, you mentioned obviously how massive it is and, and we do have some international listeners that don't get it. Like the reason for that is like every, every media outlet in the world sends somebody to the Super Bowl, which they don't do for every NFL game, which is why it becomes this big thing with all this pomp and circumstance. I've only been to one game. Um, and I've been to four radio rows and it is, I mean, you know, just from that perspective, it is this massive undertaking of a thing. And I've all, you know, I went to, to the, the radio row in Miami. Um, which is kind of a, a hot city like LA. And it's like the the ergonomics of the city are a nightmare. Like you were fortunate, Tony. You're cruising around in the, you know, the the chartered bus and you have police escorts and stuff like that. When you gotta take Ubers around like a peasant, I mean it's <laughs> it's a nightmare to navigate these cities. And so um it's a crazy thing. I mean, it's it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy influx of revenue for the host city. Obviously, LA was it was a big city at the time, and you know. The, the culture of sports was very different. I mean, you mentioned like Magic Johnson's rolling around, like, like, like you know, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it, and here's the thing also is that I remember the Super Bowl tickets they gave us, they gave us 30 Super Bowl tickets. 
Each? And, yeah, each. Each player got. And, and so the thing about it is that it's something you want to share. Not it, it's You want to share it with everyone. Right. So you decide on who you want to invite. And, of course, that's it's going to be on your dime. And so you can decide to do what you want to do with the tickets. You, you give the tickets. Uh, you, you sell the premium ones. And the tickets now are just ridiculous. I saw some pricing of the seats, and it's just amazing. Well, especially you know, this one. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's what the the face value is one thing, but the you know when they sell them, you know, buying from a ticket broker, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Most people can't afford them. It's more corporate. But you know, I, I think I remember that, and just bringing people along with me to enjoy the ride. You know, from your parents to your family, your immediate family, ten of your relatives flying them out there, and being able to experience and then. The thing also is the super, the post party, man. The post party after you win the freaking Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I just I, and, and that's the thing I tell these guys that it's one thing to go to the Super Bowl, but just go out there and win one because you got the rings and you got everything else to celebrate. And it's a time in history that people don't forget. Yeah, I joke about it because yeah, I am old now. I mean, it, but the thing about it is people, you, you always have that part of your resume and part of history. They cannot hopefully escape, excuse me, erase Super Bowl history of something that you accomplished. And that's something you always have. But man, that's a, the ride. It's all about bringing everybody else along for the ride. I also think, I mean, there's something like I love the pageantry and the epicness of, of championships and the Super Bowls. One of my favorite quotes of all time was Doc Rivers when the Celtics played Kobe's Lakers in the finals. And um, right before game seven, they lost so that actually, although I was rooting for the Lakers, but um, they lost. So it kind of made it not as cool. But right before the game started, game seven of the NBA finals, Doc Rivers tells his team, he says, gentlemen, um, in, in 20 years, when we shake hands, let's have our rings touch. I thought that was the sickest line of, of all time. And so like, yeah. like that, that ring binds you, that connects you. Like we talk all the time about. Yeah, the that's kind of like mine right there, man. I mean, you know, you look at the rings that you have. And, yeah. You know, it's just. uh yeah, I mean, I, I just you got them there, and they and the trophies that they don't. It's, and, it's and, and it's a, Yeah, and you know the the players and the the thread that you always will have together, and with that, you know that group of guys, and and that's the thing that that really also is that you every as you mentioned, you know I get we talk about on our show about me getting back with the you know the old mm -hmm. the old band and guys and and we just reminisce and. You know, it, the Cowboys continue to not win and we're still like living off those memories, but that's, that's okay. We'll do that. You know, there's a, a great 30 for 30 on those bills teams that, that y'all had your way with. Um, it's called the four falls of Buffalo. It's, it's awesome. I mean, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, Jim Kelly's it's, really, in it. it's, it's kind of sad. It is. I mean, but it, I mean, they were still great teams, obviously. I mean, I know you know that, but like, you know, and it's cool because the the documentary like Jim Kelly is in it, Thurman Thomas, um, you know, Bruce Allen, like they're all in it, you know, kind of watching games mm -hmm. and, you know, they're watching wide ride and, and, you know, reliving it and telling stories and everything. And, you know, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but like it, it's nowhere near as cool as when you guys hang out, you know, because it's a difference. I mean, and well, you know, I, I love those guys, too. I, I, you know, Jim Kelly, obviously, is battled with cancer. I love Bruce Smith. I went to uh, went on a USO tour with him and spent a week with him, a couple of weeks with him. And so we're it's that fraternity. Those brothers, Cornelius Bennett. I mean, all those. Thumber oh, yeah. Thomas, I mean, Thumber Thomas, when he lost his helmet during the game, like, you know, how do you how does that stuff happen? You know, and um, but yeah, like, it's. 
they they make the 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 legend of you guys more epic like you know what i mean because like because it was so much like greatness on both sides mm-hmm. i mean you like you, we didn't even you know like there's so many people we we could touch on you know from from that bills team um it, the fact that you beat them back to back is again pretty sick but uh, like i mean it's just it's it's got to be awesome um okay so let's um let's wrap up with some tony's trivia time okay let's go to the super bowl so i'm gonna start you off with what i think is an easy one a layup uh, okay Let's so, you know, I mean, I'm, I I, I'm cheating a little bit, but it's it's to help you if if you really think about it. Um, actually, I'm not cheating. I was wrong. I was going to uh, say, how are you cheating? You're asking the question. No, I, I know- read I read the date wrong on this. So what was the number one song? Blame it on, OK, number one song in the United States the week you won the Super Bowl, January of and we're talking Super Bowl 27. So January 1993, what's the number one song in America? At the time, I get, is it a multiple? I get like, give me like two or three choices. I will tell you that the artist has she she sang one of the most iconic Super Bowl national anthems of all time. That's a oh, big Whitney, clue for you. Whitney Houston. Um, okay, was it uh, what was the movie she was in with Kevin Costner? You're very close. I mean, you're heating up again. I kind of spoon fed this one to you, but you know, whatever. Well, it was, it was, it was, well, I'm just, I'm like, I wouldn't even, I you said the word earlier because you mentioned Hugh Hefner's bodyguard. Um, that's the name of the oh, movie. Body, okay. Uh, I know the, I know the song. You could uh, sing it, but we won't ask you to sing it, but I'm I sure you sing, could sing it. it, but I don't know the correct title. I just know it's the, from the bodyguard. Uh, let me look at my phone real quick. But anyway, I, I'll th- I don't, I'll okay. It's, I will always love, always, always was, love it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. the um the that song was number one in the country through almost basically through February. So it's two straight months at the top. The song that dethroned it, um, I was surprised by this, was a whole new world from Aladdin. Um, so look at that, Whitney Houston going down to a Disney movie. Um, okay, so <laughs> that's how long that's how that's how long Aladdin's been around. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, um, okay, now let's get to the game. Trivia about the game. How many kicks? Extra points and field goals did Lynn Elliott make for the Cowboys that day? Uh, we had one. We had one touchdown on defense. Um, <laughs> two touchdowns. Two touchdowns on defense. I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Jones and Ken Norton uh, ran one back for picked up a fumble. So there's two right there. And it was, it was 56 to which. So how many extra points? Um. Okay, so that's this is total. Times. This is extra because I will tell you, there's at least one field goal. So you know how many total kicks he, he was perfect. So how many kicks did he attempt and make? Because he made them all. Okay, I know we made one field goal because they stopped us at the very end. So the score was fifty. What is seven times? Uh, I'm gonna do the quick math here. Had seven, eight extra points. That eight extra points or eight total kicks? What's your answer? Because um, we're talking total kicks, so extra points. Oh, I thought you said okay, okay, okay. My bad. Uh, it sounded like you said just extra points. Uh, he had total of uh, nine kicks. You were so close. It was eight, seven extra points, and one. <laughs> and one. He would have had eight if. But Leon you know what you said. Kicks. But you said extra points at first, RJ. You didn't say a couple. Of, uh, well, he only had seven extra points, but he would have had eight. If okay, not for okay. Leon, I got, I got you. you didn't I got mention you. Don Beebe when you mentioned the Bills. Um, so, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, but very close. You know, still, you, you came incredibly close. How many tackles 
is Tony Casillas credited with in Super Bowl 27? Three. I don't think you're going to like this answer. Actually, I regret asking this question. Two. It's Zero. One. They only gave you one. That's how pro football reference credits you. So it's, t- you know, take it up that, and down. I think that was a tackle for loss, though. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's all that really matters. Um, okay. So this, I'm, I'm trying to keep it things you might know, but let's flip to the offensive side here. Um, Troy Aikman completed how many passes? I will tell you it is the, num- the, the number of passes that he completed is an – it was as a number that was worn by a player on offense. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, that'd be 22. Look at that. This guy came ready to play today. Tony's trivia time. Troy. I, mean, I, 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 I knew that he was, he was very efficient. He was MVP. Um, and I felt, yeah, I, I, I had a, had to be like in the twenties. I mean, I wouldn't have, I would have said 20 if you wouldn't. Have, and that was a great, uh, that was a great uh, clue you gave me, but uh, yeah. Well, so speak, speaking of speaking of the clue, number twenty-two, Emmett Smith also had twenty-two carries on the ground. So twenty-two was a really kind of perfect number, obviously for the Cowboys and over and over hundred yards rushing. That's right. How many carries did Troy Aikman have? We just established that Emmett Smith had twenty-two. How many did Troy have? Uh, I think it's a trick question. I think he had. I must say he had. Uh, I'm gonna say one. The answer uh, was your original answer for your credited tackles. Three carries for Troy. All right. Wow. I think you're gonna be shocked by this. I know you obviously remember the game. Three carries for 28 yards. Picked up 20, almost 10 yards a carry. See, I don't. I, I don't. Re- I don't remember that because when you think of Troy, you don't think of him. But I, I know he did have a couple of really good scrambles that he, extended the, drives. The big inflator here is he had one carry for 19 yards. So yeah, he, the, the other two it. had nine combined. Yeah. Um, so you know, hey, That's it, not it bad. Is, think about uh, that. Is your not, yards per carry? That's not bad, bad at all for, for uh, Troy Aikman. So uh, Michael Irvin led the team in receiving that day, obviously six catches, 114 yards did have the two touchdowns Mm -hmm. who had the second most receiving yards. And what I will tell you, Irvin had six catches. This person had seven catches. So more catches than Irvin, but had more yards than anybody except for Irvin. Who is that person? It's not Alvin Harper. It's uh, Jay Nova. This guy came ready to play. That's why they call it. Tony's trivia time because he dominates it. Jay Novacek <laughs> in the game, seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Do you know how many catches Alvin Harper had? Uh, he had one touchdown. Um, three. No. Um, that's, I think this will surprise you. I, I actually was kind of surprised by this looking back. Again, my memory is obviously very different than yours, uh, and I've watched the game a million times. But Alvin Harper, one catch. For 45 yards and a touchdown. Look at that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, I thought maybe he'd sprinkle in a couple more reception, but I know he had the big touchdown pass. Interesting. Um, That's when, um, he, when, he dunked, when he dunked the football. That was pretty cool. Right. Uh, very cool indeed. Who caught on the other side? This is now you're on the field here. Who caught the only touchdown, the only receiving touchdown that the Buffalo Bills had? Because Thurman Thomas uh, Andre, did run one in. Andre Reed. That's incorrect. Well, you mentioned his name already. Don Beebe had the only oh, touchdown I, okay. catch for the Bills that day. Um, but he had the most memorable play in Super Bowl history when it come, pertains to to Leon Lett. But you know what? We don't remember that. The thing the thing about that play is that it's again, it's better to be remembered than forgotten. I mean, and the way that was like that was like the highlight for the Buffalo Bills in that game. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's cool that it's like this great teaching moment for kids, you know, like you never quit. You never like like Trayvon Diggs last year in Seattle when DK Metcalf was celebrating and Trayvon raced him down. Like, that's a cool moment. Um, again, it sucks that Leon would outdo himself a year less than a year later uh, on Thanksgiving. But that adds to the fun of it all, you know, almost 30 years later, over 30 years later, actually. Um, actually, no, this dude, this year is the 30 year anniversary of this team. Holy crap. Um, I know that's hey, crazy for you to think about. All right, so let me ask you a question. You know this because you're you're like the almanac when it comes to this. Okay. Who holds the record for most turnovers for takeaways in the Super Bowl? That's you, dudes. You you guys. I mean, okay. That's too. That's too in easy. this in this game. I know. Um, you would have at the time set the record for most points scored if if Leon had scored, but you know, obviously it didn't happen. Um, okay. So how many points did you score in the fourth quarter? That was the highest output for the Cowboys you scored four I, I'm not going to tell you actually I'll tell you, you scored 14 points in the first quarter but you scored the most points in the fourth how many points did the Cowboys score total not just offensively in the fourth quarter 21 that is look at this guy man I wish I had like a plaque or a ribbon or something yeah, look, I don't even know I mean this has been 30 years you know that how many times that I've this I've had trauma to this body and you know <laughs> me as smart as I am and I'm being able to that was a hell of a guess, but I knew that we did have that that fourth quarter, man. It was like a flurry, man. You talk about getting hit with some body punches, man. And I don't want to. Jim Kelly got he got injured, and then because uh, I believe it was Ken Norton fell on his knee, and God right. bless Ken Norton. Excuse me, uh, Jim Kelly, and then Frank Wright. That's when you know you're old. Frank Wright is like the head coach for he was a head coach for the the Colts last year. Now he's coach for you know he's he's. It just seems to me is that that. That gives away how old you are. But anyway. Um, last one for you. How okay. many penalties did the Dallas Cowboys have? Total penalties. So offensive, defensive, special teams, not just one one side of the ball. How legit, many penalties? Legit, legit penalties? Called penalties. Recorded penalties. The way history looks. <laughs> I go it. back. I, will, I always go back and watch that old, that, that, that whole on YouTube. Um, all right. I'm going to say... Total yardage or total penalties? Total penalties. You can also guess total yardage if you want. Let's do both. I won't be able to. Uh, man, I, I'm giving myself too much credit for that one. Um, I'm going to go. We were penalized eight times. Holy crap, people. Put this man wow, in the man. Tr- in the trivia Bam. hall of fame. Man alive. Eight penalties called. I didn't think you were going to pull that one off. I mean, you should tell Troy with his new beer, you know, because it's called eight. You know what I'm saying? That's like, exactly. Hey, I like that tagline. Uh, but, How many penalties? It's all uh, about the eight. Uh, speaking <laughs> of, you mentioned total yards. You had 408 total yards in the game. Um, my favorite part about this, so eight penalties for a total of 53 yards. So really not that much. Like, you think eight penalties, and you think it would be at least over 100, but it wasn't. Shit, the, that's, half, that's half of what the, the, the modern-day Cowboys got in the last playoff game. Well, you mentioned half. Not even. You mentioned half. The Bills only had four penalties. Like, think about that. You had twice as many penalties as them, and you beat the crap out of them. Like, that that never happens. Yeah, like, but it, how many times they turn the ball over, RJ? I know, but all I'm saying is, you That's know. That's how they if, got their ass kicked. If, if you knew nothing about a game, but I told you Team A had twice as many penalties as Team B, you would say, I bet Team B won. You know what I mean? Like, just, just off of general assumptions. And that was yeah. not the case here. Look at that. I don't. I didn't keep score, but um holy crap i think dude. i did good I, I think i did good on this so i'm trying to think that uh seems like the 
the longer this goes by without the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl, or I'd get, I'm get better on RJ's tribute. Well, the more that they go by without winning the Super Bowl, the more opportunities they give you to remember this one, to be fair. So, you know, they've given you a lot of opportunities. Um, That's true. This was seriously, dude, like go out for Jeopardy. Like you're, you're on that level. Um, You know, this was, this was impressive. I mean, I'm more of a will of fortune guy. I'm the the old man. (laughs) Something about Pat Sajak. He seems like he's just so, he's a snarky, like sarcastic. But anyway, that's true. Um, congratulations to Tony Casillas. Congratulations to the Cowboys, I guess, for keeping Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. Uh, congratulations to everybody for the Super Bowl being here. As we wrap up, you mentioned you will be out of the country, but if you weren't, if you were at the Casillas compound, you know, doing the normal Super Bowl thing, I know that now the Super Bowl will fall around your anniversary every year because the, you know, the NFL pushed it back a week, but what is, what is your ideal Super Bowl snack? What's something you want? Wherever you're watching the game, is it a dip? Is it a, you know, we talking like pigs in a blanket? Like what is something you want being served when you're there to watch the Super Bowl? Nachos. Well, what do you I'm want? A nacho like, what goes guy. On? like you got to tell us like it can't just like cheese, like beans, well, meat. Well, like, cheese. What goes on? Well, I'm, I'm all in. I, I like, uh, like chicken. Uh, okay. I like the, I'm trying to I look, I, I like the Kobe Jack cheese on top okay. of that. Jalapenos. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty generic when it comes to that, but I got to have me some wings too. I got to have nothing but drum rings, wings with uh, drum rings. That sounds good. Drum rings, like in Super Bowl rings. But anyway, um, that and uh, probably a lot of cold beer. Okay. All right. I can get down with this. Like if, if you showed yourself. up and if we showed up to your house and that's what you had for us, I'd be good. Uh, my last question. I have everything though. Well, yeah. Do you, um, <laughs> do you go sour cream on the nachos? No. I, I do not. I, I am not Thank a sour cream person. For mm-hmm. some reason, I just, uh, I, no, no. You and I talked about this. I, yeah. I can put ranch on anything. Exactly. I think it's gross when people put sour cream on baked potatoes and then they like mush it in. Like, that's disgusting. I mean, who wants that? Nobody wants that. Good guacamole, too. I got to have some good guac. Yeah. Good point. Um, congratulations Spicy. to the smartest man in the world, Tony Casillas. Yeah, Seriously. Go. Smartest uh, man in the world. On Twitter at TC Casillas, if you want to congratulate him for his heroic trivia performance today. I'm on Twitter at RG Ochoa. Tony, Bengals or Rams? I got the Rams. I'm going Bengals. We got. I'm going Bengals. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see it. You know, it's, cool. I, I want to see that too. I, I, I think there's so many things going to be good in this game, and I'm just glad it's back in LA and glad that the fans are back, and it should be a hell of a game. But I think it go either way. But I like the Rams. I like their defense, and I really like Matthew Stafford. Not that I don't like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I just. Uh, you know, I, I just I think it's Matthew Stafford's time. I mean, I'm fine with that, but I just I would prefer the Bengals. You know, that's that's me. So, you know, you're wrong. I'm right. Let's go Bengals. Can't believe you. You disagree. But anyway, not today. It's only his trivia. That's true. That's true. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. This was the 750.